1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul instructs this young man a charge that he commits to him. And he says, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected have suffered shipwreck. How many believe we are all called into ministry in one form or another? If you're driving nails, you're driving nails for Jesus. If you're cleaning carpets, you're cleaning carpets for the Lord. Well, ultimately seeing his will done on earth as it is in heaven. And so um, there are prophecies for you just as much as there are prophecies for other people. And prophecies are like a catalyst for good works in our life. They edify us, exhort us, challenge us, and push us forward. And our response to them is to fight according to them, to, to use them as a sword to fight discouragement when you face opposition, and to have faith and a good conscience to keep your life clean. And if you mess up, get back up and ask the Lord for forgiveness and continue to follow his will for your life. So I am grateful for the gift of prophecy and words of knowledge and wisdom and we're blessed to have a brother who's very gifted in these areas. Uh, I, I call him the encourager. He's, he's a catalyst. Uh, many people here have been impacted by his ministry over the years, been a catalyst for good works and ministry in their lives. And uh, if he ministers to you, take what he has to say seriously. And he's ministering to us. I ask that we all take what he has to say seriously. So here he is all the way from Minnesota, Tom Stammen. God is good, and all the time, and the devil's bad, and all the time, and he is bad the bone, amen. Turn your Bible to Joshua, please, Joshua chapter 14, I want to get right into the message, I want to encourage you to take out a piece of paper and pen to take notes, if you don't have one, look for a neighbor with a 50 pound purse, if it's a man with a purse, he's probably, who knows where now, <laughs> Jesus take the wheel, uh, Joshua chapter 14, looking at verse Number 10. Now then, just as the Lord promised, Joshua 14, verse 10, He has kept me alive for 45 years, since the time He said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old, moving into the retirement center. Oh, wrong translation. Sorry about that. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. Father God, we thank you that you have a plan for us. No matter what our age is, you have a plan. We pray for that Caleb anointing, that Caleb energy to be in each person. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How many here are getting older? Raise your hand. How many are starting to look like one of your parents did many years ago? How many are starting to look like one of your grandparents did many years ago? The advantage of getting older is you're still breathing. And you're going to get older. If not, you're going to get dead. And so I want to talk today about a man named Caleb who at 85 was just getting started into a new ministry. This is exciting. I encourage you to take notes. Take out your cell phone, iPad, whatever you can, and write these down. Joshua 14, verse number 6, go backwards. It says, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who's your daddy? Great question. Here's a better question. Who's your coach? Who speaks into your life? Who's your mentor? You know, can you imagine a sports team winning without a coach? The first person that gets fired when the team loses is the coach. Everybody needs a coach. One of the biggest things for people that want to succeed in life 
and have personal development is to have a coach. Who's your coach? They're hard to find because coaches are busy, but you need one. You need a financial coach. Maybe you need a, a, a fitness coach. Maybe you need a marriage coach. But you need somebody to speak into your life. How many can say amen? You can't pick your daddy, but you can pick your coach. Who's your coach? So take out that pen and paper right now. Here's my coach. Could be your pastor. Could be somebody you work with. Could be your wife. How many men are married to the second Holy Spirit? Amen. She can coach you. Okay? But you need a coach. Write this down. You need divine connections. People to come in your life to help you achieve the dreams that God has for you. Um, my, my, I've always loved agriculture. When I was a child, I wanted to be a farmer. At age 12, my grandpa sold his farm. thought that's going to be dead forever. But about two years ago, I've got to put it in my heart, you need to farm and get um, and self-sufficient so we don't have to rely on any American money. And so he started a farm down in Honduras. First guy did really good. He worked hard. But he was old-fashioned, which is good. But in agriculture, you need to know what's going on in new technology. And I prayed, and God sent an engineer, and this guy is sharp. In fact, he's sharp enough that a college is sending their students to our farm. I had to pray, God, send me a coach. I don't understand agriculture, but this guy does. It's not what you know, it's, it's who you know. So who do you need to meet to coach you? Point number two is this. It says this. You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God? God can speak through other people to you. Did you know that? We need one another. So many people I meet, they love Jesus, but they don't want to go to church. You need to go to church. You need fellowship. You need to hang around with other believers. How many can say amen? God can speak directly to you. But I've found that many times God will speak through somebody else to speak to you. Case in point, David, he was kind of famous. He wrote a few books in the Bible. He heard from God. He had messianic prophecies. But when he had a word, he thought from God to build the temple, he ran it by a prophet. And the prophet said, yes, go do it. Then the prophet prayed about it. No, don't go do it. And so he had to reverse his thought pattern. He prayed about God said, no, Solomon is to build the temple. So you need people in your life. You need the five-fold ministry in your life. You need a teacher, pastor, evangelist, prophet, apostle, godly people in your life to help you hear from God. Some of the goofiest people are people that say, I heard from God, and they do goofy things. Because they weren't humble enough to submit to other people that are godly too. I have found this. and I was at IHOP. If you've heard of IHOP, the pancake place is great, but the International House of Prayer. And they said I have prophesied over more people than anybody else they've ever had there. And even though I prophesied over lots of people, hundreds of thousands, maybe up to half a million, I still run by things, my board, other leaders, other godly people. Because it's hard sometimes to hear God for you. can't hear you. Because you're tied to it. You're tied to it. So I encourage you, be open to hear a word from God through somebody else, whether it's your pastor, a prophetic person, a godly person. God uses people. <clears throat> he even used a donkey. He hallelujah. And God can use you and me. For example, I want to pray for the brother in the blue shirt. Why don't you stand up real quick and uh, bring your, I believe that's your wife next to you, and uh, come to the front real quick. I want a couple people to come stand by him. Greg, pastor, stretch forth your hands. Yeah, come on, Scott. And just pray for my brother. God, I pray for this man that he knows he will never, ever retire in the kingdom. Never. He might change, 
a little bit of position. But you and, well, I just want to cut back. Let somebody younger do it. Yeah, you know, I need to uh, do something else. And, and you know, I, I've served my time. Uh, uh, no. Now that you finally know what you're doing, we need you more than ever before to teach, to give wisdom. You can't cut back. You've got to sell out even more. You're called not to be just a believer. You're called to be a disciple. You're called to train up young men and young women to be mighty in the kingdom in Jesus' name. It's not, you know, out with the old and in with the new. We need both. We need all ages, amen, to teach, encourage, and bless. I know the devil's going to try to go after your health, but he shall not succeed in Jesus' name. In fact, you'll be healthier longer as you seek first the kingdom, as you have the energy we're going to talk about that Caleb had. Anoint him to be a man of the Caleb generation in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry to ruin your plans. <laughs> How many are praying for the restarts? Amen. Give him a hand. Amen and amen. Satchel Page once said, age is mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. All right. Point number three is this. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. It's essential. Write this down. That as we get older, we don't lose our faith. Not just existing in faith. God wants to challenge you to do something great for him. How many can say amen? Don't be a person who's afraid to take risks. I have a friend of mine. Um, he's retirement age, and he's still buying land. He's still going forward. He's not cutting back. God has a plan for him. No matter what your age is, how many know God has a plan? If you can fog a mirror, you can be a volunteer. I love a shake. I call him shake and bake. Here he is. I'm going to be in New York. I can't. My wife's going to lead in worship. I got to, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm doing a new record. I'm doing a new album. I'm going to like, hallelujah. How many know he's just getting started? Pastor Allen, it's just getting started. How many here are just getting started? How many here are hyperventilating life? Yes. How many have that ADD, ADHD just kicking in right now? All two of you. Okay, let's skip that point then. No, absolutely. Your convictions. What is deep in your belly? What is your passion? What is your fire? Many people, when they get older, if we're not careful, we lose our passion. Well, I want to cut back. I want an easy life. I'm too stressed. I'm too. And we start becoming babies when we get older. I can't hear you. And God wants to raise up giants in the land, men of God, women of God, taking the land. They're not going to let their age stop them. I can't hear you. The most, not to hurt anybody's feelings, the most valuable people in the church should be retirement people because they have more time. I can't hear you. They have more experience. They have more wisdom. Hello? They have more connections. I can't hear you. I mean, expect some guy with five little kids running around to be in charge of a lot of things. He's got family. He's got job. Does that make sense to anybody here? Don't lose your convictions. 1961, John F. Kennedy said, we'll put men on the moon. 2016, the president said, we'll put men in women's bathrooms. I mean, what is wrong? Jesus, take the wheel. Amen. That is horrendous. We need to be a little bit upset. I can't hear you. We need to have some convictions. I got grandkids. I don't want some guy in the bathroom. I don't care what he thinks he is. In the bathroom with my little granddaughter taking a shower. How many can say amen? I mean, what the heaven is going on? We need convictions. Stand strong. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Does that make sense? You need to write down your convictions. You need to speak your convictions. 
But your convictions can't be legalistic. They have to be based on the Word of God. How many can say amen? Some people have strong convictions that the Dallas Cowboys is the only great football team. Well, I definitely know it's not the Vikings, that's for sure. After, after the Vikings lost last year, they set a record, NFL most playoff losses ever. We're changing our team from the Vikings to the cherries, the choke cherries. Yeah, anyways, it's a Minnesota joke. You won't get that here. You guys are used to winning. We're not. Okay, let's keep going here. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of my people melt in fear. You know what? If we're not careful, the older we get, and how many here are getting older again? We walk in fear. We're afraid to do anything. We're afraid to take a risk, afraid to start a business, afraid to witness, afraid of offending people, afraid of having convictions, afraid of social insecurity, which you should be, afraid of, of, of all these different things. We're afraid. We're afraid to drive when it rains, when it snows, when it's – we, we walk in fear. We're telling our children and grandchildren, don't walk in fear. But as I get older, if I'm not careful, I can walk in fear. I can't hear you. I was preaching in a suburb of Kansas City back in November. I'm with the pastor. We're driving around his property, looking around, and, and a guy comes over, and I recognize him from church, and he came from the hood and said, hey, I'm in the pickup truck, I want to talk to you. I said, okay, come on in the truck. No, I'm going to talk to you out here. I said, it's cold outside. Come and talk in the truck. No, I'm going to talk to you right now. And then he starts using every name and every word not found in the Bible. I won't tell you which ones. But the pastor walked out, talked to him, and calmed him down, and he left. Three weeks ago, I got a text from the guy. He said, I was there that day to kill you. I had a Colt 45 in my back pocket, and the minute you were going to walk out of that truck, I was going to shoot you. I could have been a holy man. And I went, whoa, I was, I, uh, that, probably why God didn't have me get out of the truck. He said, I'm dying of an incurable disease. I don't want to go stand before God with that in my conscience. Would you forgive me? I said, absolutely not a problem. Of course, it's easier to forgive if he didn't shoot me. <laughs> but the point is this. I could have been shot and killed in a suburb of Kansas City. We don't know how long we're going to live. Let's not walk in fear. How many can say amen? Please drive the speed limit. No, sorry. Um, let's, we're above it. Let's not walk in fear. I got pulled over by a police officer. If I told you that, Pastor Allen. He said, didn't you see the stop sign? I said, well, yes, officer. He said, why didn't you stop? I said, I didn't see you. So are we walking in fear or are we walking in faith? I can't hear you. All right, let's pray for the, the opera star, you. And some ladies come stand by her. We're going to pray for her over here. And a couple ladies, let's see what Jesus has to say. Amen. I'd like to see you one day have your own CD. I'd like to see her someday have some concerts. How many can say amen? Maybe she'll play, sing backup into one of your albums someday. Anointed and gifted, but know this. The devil knows that he's after you. I pray against the temptations. I prefer to be strong in character. She has good charisma. She has the gift. She flows. She can easily sing in front of thousands of people. But God, I pray for that godliness and holiness to keep her safe and protected in Jesus' name. Let her write songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Let her be anointed by you. Let her raise up young people to sing and dance and worship. Let there be a new generation of worshipers, and let her be that influence in Jesus' name. Keep her protected. Keep her anointed. Keep her on the straight and narrow path 
Bless on her as she blesses you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give her a hand. Amen. God bless you. Last week, I had a fork in the road. I got a flat tire. Okay, let's keep going here. I, however, follow the Lord. My God. Write this down. Circle it in your Bible. Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Not just, you know, whatever. I'll give it my best shot. I'll try. How many here have ever worked with lazy people? That's what I love about America. There's so many lazy people. There's almost no competition to succeed. Ever see road construction? You got ten guy, white guys looking in the hole and all the Mexicans doing the work. <laughs> Whatever. The point is this. People don't work wholeheartedly. Does it make sense? We need to give it all to God. Let's not be sloppy. Let's give it 100%. I tell people, if you're lazy at work, don't tell people you're a Christian. Tell them you're a Jehovah's Witness or something. But do not say you're a Christian. Amen. If you want to find lazy people, start your own company and hire. Um, amazing where they come from. But how many here want to give it all to God? Say amen. How many, how many women are married that have a husband? It's very deep. And uh, how many want your husband to love you what? Wholeheartedly. Now, people say, you Pentecostal charismatics, you're all emotion. You know, it's just the facts. We don't do things out of emotion. You know what I mean? You're trying to manipulate people with emotion. Well, can you imagine getting married and saying to your wife, I love you. Hear the facts. I have no feelings for you, but I love you. How many ladies want some feelings? Say amen. All three of you. Okay, the rest of you. Right? I mean, we got to do things with all our heart. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. How many can say amen? Whether you're in the worship team or you're cleaning or you're preaching or evangelizing, or you have a, a job, you stay home with your kids, let's give it 100%. Amen. Amen? How many want to do something to give God the glory? Say amen. How many here want to be the best you can be for him? How many want to cast your crowns before him? That would be a good singing group name, casting your crowns. How many want to give something to God someday that you're, not, not like you're better than people, but you're proud that you gave it all you got? Amen. I began to pray years ago. I said, God, in agriculture in Honduras, I want to do something in agriculture that we can be, like, number one or in the top three that would draw people from, from schools, colleges, and high schools to come to our city to learn agriculture and learn about the God who started agriculture. And so six months ago, we started raising lobster. There's only five farms that were picked to raise lobster, and we're one of them, so we're in the top five. God opened that door. And God likes to open doors. He wants to show his glory. How many can say amen? How many women have ever had a teenage son who likes to flex his muscles in the mirror? How many had a husband like to do that? Don't raise your hand. And God is godly God, okay? He flexes his power. Amen. He wants to do something awesome and supernatural in your life. How many here are still ready for a challenge? Amen. Am I talking too fast? A Minnesota accent. Amen. So here's what I want you to do. Take out your pen and paper and write down something you're going to do for God to bring glory. It was five years ago the Lord said to me, I want you to build me a city. A city? Huh. I can't even, I can't even build things out of Legos. I said, 
in Lagos, Nigeria. I mean, build a city? Yeah, right. I don't even, have you ever met someone who's ever built a town from scratch? You kind of did, Greg, down in that little area with the trains and stuff. And Yeah. I, I don't know anybody. And I laughed. I said, what should I call it, Tom Jonestown? I mean, come on. Build a city? I had three buildings on the project, uh, on the property. Now, five years later, we have, counting our 14 barns we put in, we have 46 buildings on the project, on the property. It's starting to look like a little town. Oh, not a big town like Dallas, Fort Worth, but bigger than half the towns in North Dakota. During the day, we have 250 people on the premise. That's more than they have a lot of towns in North Dakota where the men are men and so are the women. <laughs> but anyways, someone asked me what I thought about Canada. I said, it's just one big North Dakota. <laughs> okay. So God has plans. Write this down. Think big. Believe big. Amen. Don't think little. Don't, don't, don't embarrass God by thinking so little. Amen? God has a plan no matter what your age is. He has a plan for you. How many can say hallelujah? But if you're going to do it, do it for him. If you're going to do worship, do it with all your heart. I like verse number 10. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. God has kept you alive. For a reason. Just the other day, I hit a deer. It's probably my 10th deer I've hit in my life. 75 miles an hour. Whack! I kissed the airbag for the first time in my life. But I'm alive. How many can say amen? I've had a number of death threats. But it hasn't happened yet. Thank you, Jesus. First prophecy I got is I'd be martyred. I'm not claiming it. First mission trip I went on, I was in the back of a pickup truck in Colombia in the 70s. And there's three guys in the front seat arguing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So what do they mad at each other? The missionary said, you better pray. They're talking about how they're going to kill us. I had a machete with me. I was going to be Tommy Ramble and take one of them with me. (laughs) And, oh, oh, he talked him out of it. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? We are in a battle. How many can say amen? And we've got to go forward. Amen. And everything we do has got to be done for his glory. Amen. God has a great destiny for you. How many here believe that? Do you believe that? As God promised you, he's kept you alive. There are people here, you should have been dead. You should have been dead a number of times. But how many here are still kicking? Say amen. How many here got some joy? Amen. How many got some vision? Amen. How many got a destiny? Say amen. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. Look at right in the face. Say neighbor. You got a destiny. Look at another neighbor. Say neighbor. You really got a destiny. Look at another neighbor in the face. Look him right in the face. Say, neighbor, you're cute. I'm not sure what that means, but you ought to write that down. Shake said three times a life, you're cute. By the way, have you wrote a love song to your wife? Good. All right. Just checking. All right. God has a great plan. All right. The man to stand in the back in the white shirt. Why don't you stand up right there? Amen. Talking to you. Everybody stretch forth your hands. Let's pray for him. Amen. I thank God for the leadership qualities he has and that you're developing in him. I thank that he and his family are a godsend to this church. God, I pray for revival to happen in his heart and those around him in Jesus' name. I pray, God, in the workplace, in the neighborhood he lives in, that people would see Jesus, amen, that they'd be attracted to him, that God be attracted to the Christ that lives in him, the hope of glory. I pray for him to teach and disciple and pour into people, Amen. We need another generation to rise up. I pray for the great anointing of the Spirit 
to help him be more in love with Jesus than ever before. Help him financially to be totally debt-free, more to give, more to love people, and more to help. Let him be that God sent an answer to prayer that every pastor prays. God send in the right people, and this is the man. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming, brother. Amen. Amen. How many here love Jesus? <clears throat> Shout amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm glad it makes him feel good when you say that. <clears throat> Verse 11. I am still as strong. Everybody say strong. God gives you strength. And says, I am as strong. I guess I'm running out of time. because I put two points together. And I am as vigorous. Now, the word vigorous in Spanish there is the word Anaria. By the way, you put on the video first. You got the PowerPoint on. Anaria. Anaria in Spanish is what? Say it. Energy. I know you knew Spanish. God wants to give you energy. How many of you ever see when Shake gets up there? He's got energy. How many of that lady was singing? She's dancing. I know you want to let it loose and do some dancing like this. She held back. Amen. Like, better not do that. Amen. How many here got some energy? Say amen. How many wake up in the morning saying, good morning, Lord. Woo! Or good Lord, it's morning. Okay. Amen. How many want to be around people that have energy? Say amen. Colossians 1.29 says, the energy that works in me is from God. God who works in me, energy, say energy. If you lack energy, coffee is good, Christ is better. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost, and he'll give you fire and energy and strength, and, and you'll be vigorous, amen, because people are watching us. Is that not true? What if, what if Pastor Allen came out, man, I'm kind of tired here, and I've only preached like five minutes because I'm kind of tired. You're like, okay, I can't wait to come back next week. Whatever we do, we have Christ's energy in us. When we get older, it's easy to say, I don't have the energy I had before. So we need to eat right, hang out with Marietta, and you need to exercise right, hang out with Marietta, and you got to, all these things that you need to do to create energy. Amen. Does it make sense to anybody? Don't use the excuse, I'm getting older, I'm getting more tired. The same God that lives in you lives in a teenager, amen, and he can give you Christ energy. How many can say hallelujah? As you bow your head, shut your eyes, I want to ask real quickly, are you ready to meet Jesus? God doesn't want anybody here to go to hell. He wants everybody to go to heaven. But you have to give your life to Jesus. If you need to do that, I'm going to give you an opportunity on the count of three to raise your hand. Don't go to hell. Go to heaven. Give your life to Jesus. If you need to do that, raise your hand on the count of three. There's already a hand in the air. You can stick it up there. I'm going to count to three. There's two hands in the air. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Raise your hand to give your life to Jesus. Up in the air as high as you can. Let me count the hands. we got one, two, three, four wonderful people. Drop your hand. Put it in your heart. Everybody put your hand on your heart. Everybody put your hands on your heart. Everybody say, Jesus, save me. Forgive me. Come in my heart. Wash away my sins. I believe in Jesus. Jesus is Lord and Savior. I repent. I turn to God in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Amen. Many of those watching this first learned about and now follow IMI and the City of Refuge on small tablet screens. Technology has made the world smaller and seemingly more accessible. Yet this access too often breeds apathy. Apathy born of an illusion that we somehow understand that which cannot be understood 
unless we are there. Perhaps this is one of the reasons why Jesus told his disciples to go. I don't even know what to say. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I can't believe that there are people that are living out here among trash, among chemicals, among vultures, or whatever they're burning. These children, nobody deserves to live like this, especially like these babies. For me to know that these precious little kids, it makes me want to cry. I mean, that these precious little gifts live here, you know, and that this is where they get everything that sustains them. It's, it's here. Why does it make you cry? It's just so unfilled, Mark. It's just so, it's not what God had designed. It's not God's plan. For them to have to live here, for them to have to get everything that they get for life from this. And I love Tom's dream that he can build apartments for these people so that they don't ever have to come back here because nobody should ever have to come back here, ever. What's the blessing about the city of Ephesus? Be very to hear. <laughs> I just feel so bad when I'm here. Mark, you've been to Honduras before. How has this part of the journey impacted you? Um, every one of these trips is a feeling. Our ability to be a king in the world, to, to share this, but there's nothing that really prepares you for this level of existence. What is the most impacting thing about coming to this place? Seeing how happy they are to get stuff. Little things. Underwear. Right. If, if people in America were skeptical about IMI feeding people and helping people, what would you tell them? Come on one of these trips? Yeah. yeah. Come here. Yeah. Experience this for yourself. I mean, breathe this. Yeah. Yep. Because you can't, what we can't do in the video, Ryan, is we can't, um, we can't bring the smell, we can't bring the flies, and we can't breathe in the air. And our goal is to help people come out of this place. The reason why the Americans are crying, and that bothers some people because they don't like to see people crying, is simply because... The death rate is 80% of those kids die by age 18 because they dig their hands through, use toilet paper and all the things to find food to eat. So we want to rescue people out of that all across the world. And so we're going to walk you through the PowerPoint. If you want to drop the lights, and go ahead and just tap it. I'll tell you when to tap it. Currently, IMI, which I'm president of, we've been and done things in 55 nations in a variety of ways. Don't have time to go over that today. Next. But one of the things that we really like is agriculture. Rather than asking for money for food, we want to raise our own food. Next. Our first farm we started was in Uganda. We have banana trees, orange trees, next. Pigs, cows, next. Corn and eucalyptus, next. In Liberia, where pastor's from, we have 13 IMI churches, and we have a rubber tree plantation. So we're helping the country bounce back, next. We have 30 cows in Honduras. We raise all our own milk. It saves me $1,400 a month, next. We have a cattle barn. It's really nice. It's nicer than people's houses, next. We call it a condo. We had five baby calves in February, next. And we have a tractor barn, next. And we have 11,000 guavas in our orchard, next. We have 13 different types of citrus fruits we raise in Honduras, next. Next. And we have 600 hens 
that lay three to 500 eggs a day. So we no longer have to buy eggs. Next. We have 3,300 fruit trees. We're getting ready to plant. We already have 500 mango trees. We're getting ready to plant another 1,000. And they can produce 350 pounds a year. But the dangerous thing about mango trees is they can fall on you, and you could get mangled. Next. We have uh, we had three pigs 10 months ago. We now had, we had 50 this year, uh, baby pigs. We name every one of them ham, bacon, and sausage. And um, our goal is to have 1,000 pigs. Next. Uh, we have rabbits, and they're cute, and they're tasty. Next. This is the lobster pond we have next. And the top five growers already in Honduras. Next. We have 7,000 tilapia. We no longer have to buy fish. We call it 100 fish a week. Next. We have free-range chickens, turkeys, and ducks. Next. In this chicken barns, we just put in our first 300 chicks. As of three months from now, we'll no longer have to buy chickens to, to feed the kids. Next. We have six new pig barns we put in. We now have a total of eight. Already one of the number two pig pork producer in that area. Taiwan beat us out. Next. We have our own goat barn. We have 80 sheep and goats. It's not a bad idea. Just kidding. Next. Uh, we have our Wandeer tractor. It's wonderful. Next. Education is so important. Next. We have a school in Uganda. Next. And a school in Bangladesh. Next. And two schools in Liberia with over 100 students. Next. And next. In Honduras, we have 160 students in our schools. Next. We have over 500 children in Christian schools. Next. Computers. Art classes. Next. We have orphanages in Liberia, 36 children. Next. And in India, 75 children. Next. And next. And Honduras, we have over 60 children. Guess who picked the colors in the girls' orphanage? Next. We put in two new laundry rooms last year. Next. We're remodeling the boys' dorms. Next. We, we just remodeled the babies' orphanage. It's like brand new. Next. Digging wells. The number one cause of death, bad water. We've dug 32 water wells, getting ready for water wealth number 33. Next. In eight countries. Next. Feeding the poor. We feed children in Uganda. Next. And hundreds of kids in Guatemala. Next. And thousands of children in the Philippines in the garbage dumps. The 80% death rate. Want to stop that. Next. We have our own, in Honduras, we have our own grocery store and restaurant. Next. And bakery. Next. And hardware store. We have, next, 75, next, to 100 employees full-time working for us in Honduras. Next. Uh, we have a carpentry shop. Full-time carpenter makes furniture. Our boys are learning how to make furniture. Next. And we have our own kitchen. We just put in a brand-new huge pantry. Next. And this is our multi-purpose building we built last year since we were here. Next. We have a big rec center for kids to play games. Next. And we have a wrestling mat. So if the boys don't behave, I body slam them. In love, of course. Next. Uh, we remodeled the boys' bathrooms, and it needed it. Next. Um, this is the church that built that building for us in Minnesota. Next. We have a full-size workout gym. Our kids are getting pumped up to play sports. Amen. Next. We have, if you want to go on a mission strip, our walls are 10 feet high with razor wire. Next. And our angels, well, we have angels named Smith and Wesson. Next. This is a missionary house. We have three houses that people live on the property. Next. This was a mountain. It's turning into a soccer field and baseball field. Next. This is our clinic, very important. There's 20,000 people, zero doctors. We have the only doctor on staff. Next. Uh, we have a soccer field for kids to play. Next. And this is our soccer stadium. First game played in the stadium, Honduras 2, America 1. But guess who scored the first game in the first, first goal in the first game? My wife. Next. 
This is a volleyball court. It's done. It's painted, and it's got a net. Next. We also put in a, a chapel for people to hear the gospel. Next. Uh, this is my dream, to have apartments for poor people. They're now putting in the tile. Two poor families from the garbage dumps are going to have a home. Next. This is our hotel. It's as nice as a Best Western. We just don't leave the lights on. Next. This is our baptismal tank. It's 70 feet long and 40 feet wide. We get Kids can either get dunked, sprinkled, or water-slided. So we invite any orphanage in the nation to come for a day of play. And they come, and they get touched, and they get loved. Next. This is our gazebo right next to the pool. We invite the orphanages to come for a day of fun. Next. Uh, this is what our place looked like in 2010. I've been coming here since before then. Next. That's what it looks like today. Minus the 14 barns we built, you can't see them. Next. This is Maddie's soul. Beat by her mom so bad we got custody of her last year. Next. This is Lixie. She was burnt so bad by her mom, the doctor gave her one day to live. She intentionally burnt her. Next. But there she is in the pink, and her twin sister next to her in the pink. And these are our littlest ones, and they are cute. Next. This is Tomas Stammen. I don't know where he got his name. Next. This is Adriana. She's our oldest child. We got her when she was 10. Her mom's a prostitute, so are her sisters, so is her grandma. But she's in her third year. She'll be our first medical doctor in Honduras. Amen. Overall, we amen. Thank you, Jesus. We feed between five and 10,000 kids a month, 500 children in the Christian school, about 100 employees worldwide, and all the money that raised in this meeting goes to help kids. So please pray what you can do to give to help our orphanages worldwide. We sure appreciate it.